Welcome to Votes and Ballots. This is the podcast that deals with the most visible part of our democracy's elections. Here we are analyzing recently conducted elections, new voting technologies and recently published papers. We are talking with experts, officials and observers. My name is Daniel Stefanov and I'm hosting this podcast. Please join us on our Twitter and Facebook accounts. Today we are going to talk about the political crisis in Belarus after the recent presidential elections there. The media are reporting for thousands of brutally arrested people on peaceful protest after the election. The election, we have to say, looked quite like a typical Potemkin one. That is why I decided to take some more information from the people that are on the ground. I found Natalia Satsunkevich, who is a human rights defender in the biggest Belarusian human rights organization called Vyasna. Vyasna were the biggest domestic election observer during the elections that took place in August. I interviewed Natalia late in the evening and as you will hear in our interview, she was still in the office of Vyasna, quite noisy and quite busy. As she explained to me, they were still working 24-7 trying to get out of the prison all the people who were arrested during the peaceful protest after the election. Hello Natalia, welcome to Votes and Ballots podcast. Thank you for your invitation and for your attention to Belarus. Can you tell us what is happening actually in Belarus after the presidential election? Two, two weeks after the election, the um, government uh, was in the position of waiting. So they were waiting what people are doing, what to do. And there were a lot of peaceful assemblies, and the biggest in modern history of Belarus. And there were no detentions, no arrests of people. But uh, two weeks later, after the elections, the situation changed. Uh, a day before, Alexander Lukashenko told that they have to, to make order. And so authorities uh, began to... Uh, detain people again, to beat people in the streets and to arrest them and also um, a lot of uh, criminal cases against uh, people uh, were started. We know that this is not the first uh, time that Belarus is having such an election. What do you think provoked this time such a reaction? It's a very good question. Uh, it's true that last uh, 25 years in Belarus there were no free, no free elections, but there were no such reaction from the society. And I think there, was, there were some reasons why. Uh, for example, one of them is the actions of authorities during the um, um, pandemic of coronavirus. Uh, we saw that authorities um, were not active and uh, um, didn't uh, do enough um, efforts to stop the coronavirus. And uh, until now, we don't have uh, society think. We think that society uh, don't have uh, all uh, information about, um, for example, quantity of people or of uh, number of died people and so on. Uh, so that was one of the reasons. Uh, then a lot of people were uh, motivated to take part in this uh, campaign, and we see uh, we saw a lot of new faces. 
in politics uh, this year, for example, Valery Tsevka, Viktor Babarika, um, and uh, Sergei Tikhanovsky, and uh, of course, uh, Svetlana Tikhanovska. Uh, so these people were very new and they had a new agenda and they were interesting for people and uh, we saw that a lot of people wanted to take part in this campaign and a lot of people wanted to be um, members of this campaign. For example, on the first stage they wanted to be members of election commissions uh, but you know that about four or five people all over the Belarus uh, who could uh, become a member of election commission. Uh, all other members were like from the pro-government parties or pro-government uh, organizations. So a lot of people um, in different cities, they were not allowed to be members of election commission. So they think, well, what's going? Why? And then a lot of people, I think thousands uh, in different uh, cities, wanted to be um, observers. Uh, again, nobody uh, couldn't do that. And uh, is this something uh, usual for Belarus? Uh, do you have any reason that was uh, given by the authorities for that decision? Usually there is no problem. Uh, everyone can be... Uh, an observer in Belarus, but this year Central Election Commission did a special um, decision that according to coronavirus, only three or five uh, observers could be on the election, uh, on the polling station. And uh, <laughs> suddenly, these first three or five people, they were from the pro-government organizations or something like that. Uh, so those who wanted to observe, for example, from their um, campaign of Svetlana Tikhonovskaya or we, like as independent uh, observers uh, from human rights organizations, we couldn't. So like, we were not on the top of this list of observers. And that all was about uh, coronavirus. But we know that uh, Alexander Lukashenko told that we... Um, nothing to be uh, to be nervous about coronavirus. We saw that a lot of people wanted uh, again to be observers and they couldn't. So in practice there was no possibility for uh, an independent observer to observe the process. So what did you see at the end? A lot of people stand on their near the polling stations. For example, a lot of them are um, in schools, and a lot of people stayed near their uh, polling stations and tried to watch from this position. And uh, from the first day of elections, we have five days of uh, uh, early uh, voting. Um, uh, and uh, during all these five days, there were detentions of uh, observers from civil society uh, on different reasons. Um, and uh, but uh, all of them weren't so. Um, they were not based on the law, and they weren't uh, proportional, and so on. And uh, like by the culmination of all this was the elections day when uh, people saw that. Um, on some polling stations, they couldn't uh, see the results. There were no uh, final protocols, and um, there were cases when there were final protocols, and in some of them, 
Олександр Лукашенко возу війни, but in some of them Alexander Tikhanovsky was the winner. And it's interesting that in some schools, for example, there were two or three polling stations if the region is big enough. And there were cases when on the same school there were two polling stations and on one, for example, Alexander Lukashenko got about um, 80% and on the near uh, polling stations, Franzkanovska got 80%. So, but how? So you didn't have uh, observers, but did you have representatives in the uh, in the composition of the uh, polling stations commissions? And uh, uh, what is the rule there? Yeah, usually, and according to the law, you have to. Uh, if I'm right, about thirty uh, percent of members they should be from uh, different political parties. And all other could be from uh, groups of citizens. For example, a group of 10 citizens can um, give their observe, uh, their member of uh, election commission and also different um, NGOs. But the problem is that you have a lot of uh, uh, governmental uh, NGOs and um, also trade unions. And what was the story about the early voting there? Yeah, you, you can vote uh, five days before the uh, elections day and you need uh, no, no any reason or official document why you do that. And uh, we see that on this um, early voting, a lot of people are pushed to vote, pushed by administration of their, for example, on their jobs or when they are students, administration of um, universities and so on. And those who work on different uh, spheres like teachers, uh, workers and so on, who are connected with the government, so they are pushed to, to vote. And this year we saw more than... Um, Central Election Commission told that uh, more than 40% of voters voted uh, in these five days of early voting, and that uh, uh, an uh, all-time record for Belarusian presidential elections. What about the observation during the election day? Were your observers actually allowed to see uh, any part of the process? Our observers were not uh, uh, allowed to enter because if you are not on the top five observers who are, who are registered on this polling station, so you can't enter and you can't observe. And nobody could uh, accept election commissions and uh, pro-government observers could observe what is going. And we have no information how um, counting of votes uh, was done. Uh, it's interesting, for example, in last uh, election campaign, uh, last year, this parliamentary election campaign, uh, in we have some uh, political parties that uh, had never their candidates for parliament, but they uh, always um, provide uh, hundreds of uh, members of election commissions uh, on every election campaign. So it's a very interesting um, variant of participation in elections. You have no candidate any year, but you always have members of election commission. You told me about some uh, interesting practices of the opposition in their uh, 
attempt to count the votes. There were a lot of people who wanted to vote, and the main idea of the um, campaign of Svetlana Tikhanovskaya was to vote on the elections day to, uh, to bring a white uh, bracelet uh, and to, to follow the election ballot with a specific way to show that they uh, voted for Svetlana Tikhanovskaya. Uh, so those who were there could uh, maybe imagine how many people uh, had voted for Svetlana Tikhanovskaya. Your organization Vesna already published its uh, initial report uh, for the problems that you have seen during the election day. Can you share some of the findings of the report with us? Firstly, uh, we uh, see one of the main problems is its um, composition of uh, Territory Election Commission and PACs. Uh, so, as I mentioned, there were no members of opposition political parties or members of uh, real NGOs who are interested in uh, independent elections. There were only members of uh, pro government parties, pro government um, NGOs, and trade unions. And uh, um, usually, when you uh, see typical election commission in Belarus and typical election polling station, so that would be a school and a group of school teachers. A lot of uh, possibilities for falsification and manipulation and pressure to the members of um, election commissions. So um, then we know that there are a lot of problems with nomination and registration of candidates. Uh, one of the candidates, Viktor Babarika, he was detained during the election campaign and until now he is uh, arrested. He and his son, who were the uh, chief of his um, initiative group, and uh, both of them are political prisoners, by the way. We saw that not uh, all people who wanted they were registered uh, as candidates and also we know that it was a pressure on Svetlana Tikhanovskaya about her children and about her husband who was arrested at the time. Uh, we saw that on the government uh, TV and radio there were no access for any candidates except Alexander Lukashenko for promoting their activities and programs. Of course, as human rights organization, we expected some increase of pressure for civil society and those who want to participate um, in elections campaign. But uh, this level of pressure was uh, very unusual and started from, this, from the very beginning of the election campaign. And uh, finally, uh, given all those uh, problems that we have seen, do you think that it is possible to have a fair, fair elections in Belarus with this legislation? Do you need a new election law? Um, this is a good question. We Now we have, uh, we know that these elections were not free, not fair. Um, and uh, if we speak about the Belarusian law on elections, uh, elections code, it's not so bad. I, I mean that um, we have an election code and if you want to have fair and free elections, you don't need to change this election code um, generally. You can um, organize elections and just to change a little bit the procedure, for example, of counting of the votes, to invite independent observers, to invite um, 
media, to, for example, to count votes uh, when uh, everyone can see that. So there is no problem. You can form election commission in, in real uh, circumstances and to invite all people who wants to, who wants to be uh, members of election commissions. You don't need to change the election code for that. Natalia, thank you for that interview and all the best to Belarus. Lukashenko has been organizing many elections like that during the last 26 years. Obviously, he uses those elections just to rubber stamp his next mandate in power the way he did it in August. But today, Belarus needs something else. Belarus needs a fair election that would meet the international standards. For that, there are several steps that can be taken while the situation in the country allows for new independent democratic candidates to emerge and to run. Step number one should be the change of the Central Election Commission. Obviously, the people who participated in the faking of the elections for the last 26 years cannot be part of a fair election process. Step number two should be a serious review of the election code in the country. There should be a new mechanism that would allow the participation of the opposition in the formation of the election administration. The same goes for the inclusion of the domestic observers in the observation of the elections at the level of the polling stations. Step number three is for the OSC in the EU. They should organize a full-fledged international observation mission that would cover the whole of the country. There cannot be bigger guarantee for the fairness of the process and that the elections would meet the international standards. Thank you for listening to Votes and Ballots, the podcast where we talk about the quality of elections all over the world. Stay tuned for the next episodes.